Well, welcome to the Gateway Mission Podcast. Uh, we're really glad that you're listening. If this is your first time, uh, welcome for that first time. If you come back, man, we're glad for that too. My name is Steve Rusticus. I'm the Chief Operations Officer here at Gateway Mission. And this podcast has really two simple purposes. One, we want it to be informational. We want to talk about what we do, uh, how we do it, and most significantly, why we do what we do. And then secondly, we want to give some inspirational stories. God's at work. Uh, He's at work in and through Gateway Mission in the lives of the men, women, and children that are here. And we want you to uh, hear about those things and be encouraged by them. Um, We're in the midst of this series called Hope for the Homeless, in which we're digging into some of the issues um, that are pervasive around the guests and the folks who come in here, most of whom, all of whom are homeless. And um, I'm joined by Scott Klingberg, and Scott uh, is the campus director at our Gateway uh, Women's Center. And we've just been talking about that over the last uh, few weeks or so. We've talked about Homelessness 101, you know, uh, we just sort of gave some background on current situations, how homelessness is changing. We talked a little bit about um, uh, visible and invisible poverty, Mm -hmm. that the things we see um, are significant. When people don't have a home and they don't Mm -hmm. have food, um, they don't have clothing, we got to deal with that. But there's those invisible things, and we want to get an interchange and transformation, so we want to deal with those things. And um, in our last episode, we spent some time talking about what does real help look like? And we learned that um, it's kind of individualized. Maybe you can talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit and what that process is like, just as a recap, Scott. Sure. Yeah. The, you know, uh, Steve Corbett and Brian Fickert had wrote this great book uh, called When Helping Hurts. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of our topic today is about misguided com- uh, compassion. But, you know, we, we tend to go wrong on this. But when helping works, there's really three steps to helping. There's this idea of relief. That's providing that emergency help, those that food, clothing, shelter, those emergency needs that somebody needs right now. Um, and that's where we get stuck a lot of times. But but the real help comes in what they call rehabilitation and development. Um, rehabilitation being those things like job training and coaching and accountability. And developing is deeper relationships uh, that are developed and mentoring and really trying to get to a self-sufficiency. But if we get stuck on that relief part and only give out those things that are an emergency help that truly doesn't help anybody then we get to actually your help hurts right right so that's i mean and you look at our our website you'll see things like open door and pathway Mm -hmm. and our gateway addiction and discipleship program that you know sort of link up to those three things really and they they address those needs and we want to walk with people into long-term change Today, we're going to talk uh, a, a kind of an odd uh, maybe phrase. We're going to talk about misguided compassion um, because we want to be compassionate, but um, there's ways that are helpful to do it and there's ways that aren't. And um, one of the things we're blessed with here in the West Michigan area is people who really do want to help. Um, they're compassionate, they're caring. Um, they, they don't want people to continue to live in the, the challenges, especially the issues of homelessness. Um, but there's a way in which we do that, right? There's a way in which we we are compassionate, and there's misguided compassion that doesn't doesn't oftentimes help. Maybe let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think that, again that misguided compassion comes in when we tend to apply the relief instead of what's really needed. I mean, I equate it to like if if I'm in a lot of pain and I go to the emergency room, I don't want just my my pain to go away. I mean, that's ultimately what I want, but there's a reason for that pain. And if we just keep 
if I go to the emergency room and they just keep giving me um, painkillers, that's not truly going to help me when I could have something that's fatally wrong with me. Um, so it's that idea of not providing just that emergency relief, but getting to the deeper issues that we've talked about, what really goes on. And that comes more in the rehabilitation and development stages of help, not just stuck on that emergency relief. Um, because it, it, when you stay in that emergency relief, you get into this unhealthy dependency. Mm -hmm. I just become dependent on you to give me things, to provide for me. And then there's a, a kind of an unusual relationship develops there. Yeah. It, it really masks whatever is deeper inside of people. You know, as we talk about it, we realize that um, oftentimes the problems on the outside are just symptoms of the, mm -hmm. of the struggles on the inside. Right. And we want to address those things. We're not really helping people. Um, Robert Lupton has this book, uh, Toxic Charity, uh, and he talks about what happens if we kind of go down this path of addressing um only the relief and then what happens with dependency. And he talks about those um, five steps to that kind of dependency. Uh, what are those? Yeah, those five steps to dependency, he really outlines it well. And, and But, you know, you give something to somebody once and you elicit appreciation from them. They just really appreciate what mm -hmm. you've given them. You give it to them twice and it, it really begins to, then they begin to anticipate what you're going to give them. And I, I've been through this journey myself. Uh, you give it to them three times, and then it becomes an expectation. They just really ex see you. They're going to expect you to give it to you. Um, four times, and it becomes entitlement. Now you have to give it to me. And five times, you really establish dependency, like I can't live without what you're going to give me. And it's really a, 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 a progression that happens, and, and we can fall into this. And, I, and when I first got involved with the homeless many years ago, I actually fell into this trap. Um, I, I met some folks that were living outside and I began to uh, give them some money. And, and um, then I realized real quick that that wasn't what they truly needed. And then we began a great relationship. But, you know, we can see this in our own lives. Um, all of us in the last couple of years uh, received those wonderful stimulus checks. You know, the first time we got it was appreciated, you know, uh, then they announced they were going to come out again. Mm -hmm. Well, then they were and and we anticipated, well, okay, this is going to be good, you know. And then the next year comes and we didn't get it. And it's like, well, we were kind of expecting uh, where's that. Where's our check? You know, where's yeah. our check? Yeah. You know, uh, fortunately, it ended there. But um, but we see that same kind of thing happen um, when we see people in these difficult situations that just get stuck in being dependent on things. And a lot of that happens with government benefits. Yeah. I mean, learning to be dependent on those and not having that value and dignity in themselves to move forward from that and being themselves. Yeah, let's then let's talk about that misguided compassion, really what it looks like for those especially who are unsheltered and homeless in our community. You know, we've we talked about that in one of mm -hmm. our episodes that we've seen that increase and that compassion for people um frequently you know, shows itself in, hey, I, I want to bring you some blankets when it's cold and I want to bring you some food uh, when you're hungry and it's cold out here. So let's bring some heaters and let's do this. Um, and it's challenging because we want to help, but it's true, isn't it? When it, it kind of falls into the category that we've just talked about those five stages of dependency, people begin to depend on mm -hmm. it. And so they depend on the blankets, they depend mm -hmm. on the clothes, they depend on the heaters, and they never leave the situation that they're in, which is dangerous for them in an unsheltered environment. Um, it's not how God 
design the people to live, um, you know, in this kind of environment. And, and right. I mean, that's, that's sort of right. what we begin to see and it's hard because we want to help. Right. We just, and I said, like I said, I fall victim to that myself when I first started doing this. Um, it, we, we all want to be compassionate, but the question is what does really compassion look like? And it's more, it, it leads more into that rehabilitation to development stages as, um, Robert Lupton has said in his book. Um, and a lot of that comes from what we call challenge, mm. you know, to challenge people to do what they need to do, uh, to take steps to move forward and invite them to do that. And that's where real compassion comes in because we don't want to, you know, we speak of the unsheltered people. It's certainly not a dignified way to live. Mm. It says nothing about their dignity, dignity um, and the discouragement that's there. And they have lots of things going on. There's no doubt. I mean, trauma in their past and, and mental health issues. But still, they are an individual created in the image of God that are worthy of something better than living outside. And that's what we want to come along and do with them and to, again, bring that challenge to them to, to move them forward. Yeah, when we, when we see Jesus and the way in which he encountered people, um, the definition of love and the way in mm -hmm. which he loved people included these two things that we might talk about is invitation and challenge, right? He drew people towards himself. He, he met them where they were at mm -hmm. and we want to meet people where they're at, but he also wanted them to live a life that was more full. Um, than what they were experiencing. And many times that takes challenge. And so mm -hmm. we're constantly kind of calibrating those things, right? We want people to come in and be a part, but we don't want them to stay where they're at. We believe that God has more for them. So we're always doing that. Um, so we asked some questions about, you know, uh, how will the help and the compassion that we're giving impact people um, one year from now, mm -hmm. five years from now, 10 years from now. And so Right. We, we ask, will yeah. it make a difference? Does that, it, how does it impact? We, yeah, we really want to see, you know, we ask ourselves the question, the help that I want to give them, how is that really going to help them 10 years from now? If I provide uh, somebody uh, a food and clothing continually, um, how is that going to help me help them 10 years from now? They've just learned they need to get food and clothing from me. Um, uh, that's the same kind of thing. We want to see you know, rehabilitation and development looks at more that 10 years from now or five years from now or one year from now, what's really going to help you move forward? What's really going to help you move forward? And, and you mentioned our programs, our programs align with these three concepts of relief, rehabilitation, mm -hmm. and development, really our open door. We have people come in, we want them to come in and get those basic needs, that emergency need. They have no food, no clothes, no place to live. We want them to come into open door and be a part of us. And pathway gets more into that rehabilitation and, uh, our Gateway Addictions and Discipleship Program does more of the rehabilitation and development and is really getting in-depth to what their true needs are. So what hap here, here's something we face. What happens when someone doesn't want to move forward? <laughs> that's a really good question because that's the difficulty. If people don't want to change, we can't make them change. As much as I would want it, and I face this every day, people that we see need help, need change. But if they don't want change, they don't want help, we can't help them. And it's kind of, I thought about it, it's like being in the hospital. And if I need surgery, and um, that's truly what my need is, uh, and the doctor says that, but I say, no, I'm, I don't want it, I'm leaving, and I check out against medical advice. That's really the kind of the same thing. You're saying, I don't want the help. I can't, I, I don't want it, I'll suffer the consequences. 
And and I think God puts consequences in our lives for a purpose, you know, to bring us back to what we really need. And some of that consequences is living outside, mm. if that's the case. Sadly, it's not what we desire at all. Yeah. But we don't we're not okay with them living outside in that dignified. Yeah. Situation. So so what you're saying is the the experiencing the consequences uh is sometimes the necessary thing for people to go through. Yes. That we think about that in our lives all the time. You know, there's the old phrase, no pain, no gain. You know, that mm-hmm. it's just the way uh, we are. Uh, we have natural consequences to what we do. Yeah. I mean, change in our lives frequently comes when we feel a certain amount of pain. And so, again, we calibrate that invitation and challenge as we walk mm-hmm. with people. Um, and we're grateful uh, for that opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Yep. Hey, we're we're grateful that you listen to uh, this podcast. Um, if you want more information, you can find it at hopefoundhere.org backslash podcast. If you have questions, um, you can go to our website and ask those. And we really hope that you listen again. Until next time.